Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Danny Wexelman with Greg Johns, who covers the Seattle Mariners tirelessly and diligently for MLB.com. Greg, how are you doing today? Are you, are you saying I'm tired, Danny? Is that what we're saying? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> it's the off season, so we're we're, we're we're pretty fresh right now. We're doing You're getting right. some rest, right? It, it's going all right. Jerry Depoto hasn't gone crazy yet, so it's been. Uh, it, we'll, we'll get we'll get cranking up here with the roster moves here. I'm pre- I'm I'm sure pretty soon. I think so too. He's behind quota. I think. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, let's Greg. Let's talk about Jerry Depoto because I think that we're all. Everyone in baseball is on the Shohei Otani watch. I'm wondering how he fits into the Mariners organization, and do you see him getting to play in the field and mash at the dish like he wants to do? Well, if if, if they can get him, I think they would let him. Uh, they would certainly let him try to do both because that seems to be a, a key to, to attract Otani. Is, is he wants to play for a team that he can do both? Although you know he held a press conference here last week in, in Japan and said that. You know, he 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 would you know leave it up to teams to figure out the best thing. He's open to talking about that, but uh, I think it's such a recruiting battle, Danny, that, to, to convince this guy. It's a yeah. fascinating off-season story, but it seems like you know at least teams feel like they're going to need to let him know that he can he can do both, and and the Mariners are are as interested as anybody as they should be. Uh, you know, with the history of Japanese players in Seattle, there there is you know a potential fit there. There's reasons that you can say this guy could, could be uh, you know interested in coming to Seattle if he follows in the Japanese uh, history with with Ichiro and, and Iwakuma and, and so many other players they've had a, they've had a Japanese player on their roster every year since I think 1996 so you know they definitely have a, a pipeline there and, and yeah. former Japanese ownership as well so you know can he play both positions I, I think it's it's a question that's going to be answered I, I think most most teams that I've talked to and the scouts that I've talked to feel like he's a, he's a pitcher you know, if you if you had to pick one, they'd put him at pitcher. Yeah. Uh, but he's certainly, you know, got the, the qualities to be a pretty darn good hitter as well. So where would he fit in Seattle? I guess the dream question for Mariners fans. But you know, I, I think you could see him pitching every starting every fifth day, and then you know maybe playing right field. You know, on, on you know a couple days. I don't think you see him out there the other four days. I think you see him out there, you know, a, a couple days, and then you know not probably not pitch the the day before or not hit the day before he pitches. Uh, you know, maybe see what happens the day after. I don't know, but uh, you know, out there, and he could fit in right field nicely, and that would 
that would solve some some other questions they have. You know, they can also DH as as needed. But Seattle has a pretty good DH, and Nelson Cruz under contract for another year. So that's one thing Seattle doesn't really have is an open DH spot. But right. uh, I, I certainly think they could find a way to make it work if if Otani was interested in coming to Seattle. He's so interesting. I feel like he's kind of taken over the baseball world. And, you know, there's a lot, you know, everyone's wondering where Giancarlo Stanton's going to go. But this guy that no one really knows too much about is on the tip of everybody's tongue. And another guy like that, Ichiro Suzuki, the Marlins didn't pick up his option. Mariners fans are holding their breath, wondering if there's going to be a reunion. But, Greg, you wrote about the team wanting to get younger and they need to potentially replace Gerard Dyson but it doesn't seem like Ichiro is going to be their first choice. Yeah, you know, and you say holding the breath. You know, I think most Mariner fans are pretty realistic. You know, that, uh, this is a this is a city yeah. that, that saw Ken Griffey Jr. get brought back at the end of his career, and it, it didn't end particularly well. Right. Uh, it, it's not always you know. Sometimes you like to remember and <laughs> guys in their prime, and it, it's tough to close out a career for any any player. And sometimes that's hard to watch, and especially for a fan base that really had a chance to see a guy in his in his prime. Uh, I think it would be tough. Uh, I, I think there's there's certainly some some people in Seattle would love to see Ichiro get a get a last swing here, uh, but I, I think most fans are pretty realistic that this is a club that is that is trying to get younger, and more athletic. Yeah. Uh, as Jerry Depoto said in the outfield, and and at 44 years old, uh, it's hard <laughs> to say you're getting younger when you bring in an Ichiro. You know, I, I think it's a tough situation for him right now finding a finding a, a right spot to uh, to keep playing. He, he says he wants to play till he's 50. Right. Um, you know, that's a if anybody's going to do it, I, I would say he's a guy. I remember watching him. He's such a, a, a workhorse with just the, the, the flexibility he used to work on to stay stay young and in shape. And, and he's he's as good as anybody I've ever seen at being ready to play. But uh, as 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 they say, Father Time uh, is undefeated. Uh, you know, eventually he you can't play forever. But uh, yeah, I, I don't really see a fit for each on Seattle. I don't really expect that to happen. But. Uh, uh, you know, just kind of for, for the reason we talk about, it, I think they're going to look more for a for a little younger guy that can can help out. Uh, they, they do have three three guys that played last year as rookies in the outfield: uh, Ben Gamble, Mitch Haniger, and Guillermo Heredia. So they they've got youth there. I see. You know, maybe you know, Dyson was a good fit last year. They they may still want to bring him back if they can, uh, or a guy like John Jay, maybe he's a free agent. You know, that kind of guy that can kind of be flexible, play a lot of different positions, fill in at center field if 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 they needed and. Uh, and yes, we were just talking about if you can get Otani in that mix that right. in outfield, that that would certainly add add some dimensions there as well. I guess my my thought too is, Greg, we hear a lot how teams are bringing veteran guys in just to be a presence, kind of like Carlos Beltran, not necessarily looking to play every day, but just to be around the game and be an influence. And obviously, the other part of this is retiring as a Mariner. Do you think that you know when we get to when we get to the last days of when this needs to happen, when Ichiro needs to be on a team, a decision needs to be made, could you see the Mariners kind of bending and bringing him back at all? Is that really possible? What I would see, Danny, is, is if they did something would be after he retires, yeah. whenever that is. Uh, uh, you know, you, sometimes you'll see a team bring in a guy and sign him to a one-day contract. Uh, and then have right. him retire with that club. Even that's a little sticky because if you've got a full forty-man roster, you, you don't want to you know, have to move a guy off the forty-man and, and risk you know having somebody pick him up off waivers. So you can ceremoniously you know, you know, retire a guy. Uh, they did it with Mike Cameron uh, a few years ago. You know, he 
he was a popular player here, and it was it was several years after he retired, but he, he wanted to just kind of do the paperwork, retired as a mariner, yeah. and, and uh, as, as I recall, they didn't even actually make a 40-man roster move. They they had, they called it, they retired him as a, a, a team employee type thing. It was strictly a, a ceremonial thing. And I, you know, I can see something like that certainly with each run. I mean, obviously a huge factor here, and for, for you know, he was a 10-time All-Star, 10-time Gold Glove winner, and really made his uh, his name in Seattle, so would love to see that. Yeah. Um, whether uh, you know, I, I I don't think competing for a playoff spot and trying to trying to end a, a, the playoff drought they've had and wanting to win so badly, I don't see them making a move just just to add a guy to the roster for for ceremony. If he's if, but. Right. But maybe that maybe that other way they can go to do something like that. It's just me who's holding my breath, Greg. That's really <laughs> what it is. Okay, I want to spotlight Mike Zuzino because he deserves he deserves a good amount of money. But before we get to that, I think that it's important because uh, I think we gloss over terms a lot. And to a casual fan, I want you to explain what arbitration eligible means, and more importantly, how it's going to affect Mike Zanino's future. Arbitration eligible, yeah, we do throw that out there, and, and uh, I think you know some, some people understand it, some don't. The, the simplest way, and, and there are exceptions to the rules, is, but but in the first three years that a, that a guy is on a team, he's he's paid the, the minimum. He's he, the, the minimum baseball minimum right now is about a little over five hundred thousand a year, and that's what that's what guys can get their first three years. And when they hit the fourth year, uh, they become arbitration eligible, where the where the salaries start going up, and basically they have the the, uh, the ability to um, make a, a contract offer or what they an expectation that they want, and the team makes a, an offer what they're willing to give. Uh, and if the, if the two sides can't come to a, a, a mutual agreement, then they can go to arbitration, and the, the, to, to, and the arbitrator picks one of those two numbers. You know, generally, most players come to an agreement before then, right. uh, kind of a, a common ground in between what they want and what the team's willing to, to give. So. Uh, and the fourth, fifth, and sixth years of a player that, that he goes through arbitration, and each each the fifth and sixth years that the numbers start going up and they get get higher, and then the seventh year a guy becomes a free agent. So and that's when you, you start making your money that that fourth, fifth, and sixth year, and that's where Mike Zanino is. It's a good example as you bring up. Uh, uh, he'll start making some money this year after making the minimum for three years. So he's an interesting case. Um, uh, I think you know one of the things to consider there, and maybe you're hinting at, is teams do have a choice. They can they can buy out those arbitrations. They come to an agreement with a longer term agreement with a yeah. guy that the marriage did this with uh, Kyle Seeger, being a, a classic example. When he hit arbitration, they signed him to a, a seven year deal, so they bought out basically his three years of arbitration, and then uh, and additionally his his first four years of free agency. So. Seeger would have been a free agent actually this offseason had they not done that. Instead, they've got him for four more years. So the marriage question is a guy like Zanino or a guy like James Paxton who's, yeah. who's in arbitration. Do they do they try to get these guys to, to sign longer-term deals and, and maybe buy up the first few years of their free agency, or do they go through the arbitration system and, and, and see where it falls? So those are, those are things that are going on all the time. Uh, uh, and it's an interesting question with a guy like Zanino or, or Paxton that coming off you know, a good year. Does the player want to, uh, you know, commit to a to a number, or do they say, "Hey, let me play another year. Maybe I'll put up even bigger numbers and be in a better position." Or do I want to go into free agency in a couple of years and and really see my market then? You know, so those are things that players and their agents have to have to dwell on as as do teams. And and certainly, the Mariners are a team that likes to they go that route with the, the Seager. They just did it with. Uh, 
with Gene Segura that they uh, they bought out his last year of, of arbitration and and a couple of years of free agency. So they like to get guys in their prime that they can extend those years and keep the team control longer. Uh, that 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 is a kind of a way they want to go. So it'll be interesting to see if they try to do that with Zanino and and or Paxton this offseason. Yeah, it's interesting in the offseason we really see how the game is actually a business. And a guy who knows that better than anyone we talked about him earlier is Jerry Depoto. An aggressive, I think that might be an understatement. He's a really aggressive guy going for what he wants. Greg, I need you to look into your crystal ball for me. Tell me what's happening between now and the winter meetings with Jerry Depoto. I think he made, I think it was 15 trades last offseason. Yes. Uh, you know, I mean, it, the most in baseball. And it, two years he's been the GM, he's, he's made more moves than anybody. So you, you know it's going to happen. I think they are a little more set this year. I think he's he's had a couple years to kind of get the kind of players he's looking for. Uh, you know, if they stay healthy, was, I think it felt like they, they were on the verge last year of getting where they wanted to be. They just had too many injuries in the pitching staff. But, uh, you know, he, he's going to make some moves. So they, I think the big one, Danny, is, is first base. He's got to get a first baseman, uh, Yonder Alonso and, and Danny Valencia, both free agents. Uh, so they're going to need to fill that spot. That's kind of yeah. the number one uh, priority just because they, you got to have a first baseman. And, and, and Yonder, I think if you ask for crystal ball, I think I would lean to – trying to see uh see in that thing I, I would see alonzo's being a, a guy that pretty maybe the slight favorite to, to come back uh he, you know they, they got him at the end of last year by a trade from the a's and and uh liked what they saw uh but it, it's not a slam dunk because there are a lot of uh, free agents on the market in that first base this year so that's kind of an interesting position uh and timely for them to have a need there because there are some guys out there I, personally i would love to see him go get carlos santana but a switch hitter that could really yeah. really fill that bill, and, and he's going to cost a little more. So to me, I think first base, outfield, as we mentioned, they've got to replace Dyson or bring Dyson back. Uh, and pitching, you know, certainly they would like to upgrade there. You know, those are kind of the big three, and then and get a backup catcher. So to me, Danny, I think one of those spots, I think first base, uh, pitching, and you know, perhaps the outfield be the third choice. One of those spots, I see being able to make a pretty good splash in free agency, maybe getting a, a pretty good guy. Maybe they maybe they could get a Santana if they put all their all their money toward that, and then go a little less on the on the pitching and outfield. Or they go bigger on pitching. Maybe they can bring in a Lance Lynn or an Alex Cobb. Uh, you know, if you really want to dream, you know, people have mentioned them as a as a U Darvish place. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a, that's a tough one, but hey, you know, who knows uh, if they could do that? Here, here's the ultimate dream, Danny. Bring Darvish in, and then, and then Otani sees that and comes and plays in Seattle. Oh man! And then and then we're all set. But uh, <laughs> those those big dreams are also happening in, in 29 other MLB cities, and right. and uh, it usually doesn't work, quite work out the way you the way you want. But yeah, I, I see him first base, uh, outfield, and pitching being the keys, and and uh, lots of guys out there. Don't I see him getting a, a pretty good player in free agency, maybe two. And, and Jerry does like to do the trades. Uh, so who knows where they're going to go in that direction. Greg, what I'm hearing you say, if I understand correctly, is Jerry Depoto is going to be very busy, which means you're going to be very busy, which means I'm going to be very busy too. <laughs> is that right? It all works out perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Awesome, Greg. Well, I hope that maybe you'll make it through the next few days without anything happening, get a little more sleep, and then it sounds like we're going to be uh, rocking and rolling. So I appreciate your time, and I'm really excited to chat with you this season. I look forward to it as well, Danny. Always good talking baseball. Awesome. Thanks, Greg. Okay, 
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.